0: Amen. Numbers chapter 17 beginning at verse number 2. Speaking to the children of Israel and take of every one of them a rod. Everybody say a rod. According to the house of their fathers and all their princes according to the house of their fathers. Twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. Thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. Levi. Everybody say the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers and thou shalt lay them upon the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet you meet with you verse 5 and it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom and I will make it to cease from the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you now verse number 8. And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. Now that's pretty awesome, y'all. It was just a stick the night before. And they go in the next day and it has budded, it has blossomed, and it's also producing almonds. That's pretty neat. Now, those of y'all ain't into farming and, and, and gardening and all that, it's probably no big deal. You probably think, you know, Safeway produces your you know fruit and stuff in the warehouse in the back. This is pretty awesome because it takes a long time to get an almond. It takes a long time to, to get fruit and, and things like this. And so this was a miraculous thing. But I do believe there's tremendous uh, type and shadow uh, through the Word of God through this. And I know this is a terrible time to start a series, being as we're, we're going to be in the Philippines. But I wanted to kick this off tonight and run through this for the next uh, few midweeks. And I want to talk to you about BRANCHES RECONNECTED TO THE VINE, BRANCHES RECONNECTED TO THE VINE. And WE'RE GOING TO SEE what, what, WHAT GOD HAS TO SAY ABOUT THIS AND HOW THIS APPLIES TO US. NOW, I'M GOING TO TELL YOU, uh, I'M IN TEACH MODE AND THERE'S GOING TO BE A LOT OF SCRIPTURE AND uh, BE PREPARED. IF YOU'RE A note taker, TAKE NOTES, GET YOUR pen AND PAPER AND BRING IT ON MIDWEEKS. YOU PROBABLY SHOULD DO THAT ANYWAY, TAKE GOOD NOTES. Because if you're taking them on your phone, I'm going to think you're texting. And so is everybody else around you. So take, so take notes, write down scriptures, go back to it. Because uh, I believe there's, there's going to be way too much for us to just get in one setting. And uh, I have this broke up in two parts. But two parts in pastoralogy is more like 15 weeks, okay? So we'll just go with what we have. Uh, here tonight. Amen. Lord, bless your word tonight. pray you bless your people. May your hand be upon us. May your spirit speak through us, to us, for us, and give us direction, encouragement, and structure for our lives, we pray. In the name of Jesus and everyone said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Kingdom is mentioned at the onset of the New Testament the word kingdom and, and, and it denotes that we're we're not a part of a religious structure although religion is part of what we do it is not who we are but James said that true religion true religion not man-structured not man-centered not you know a few blessed up at the top not not a pyramid Ponzi scheme but true religion would be to help the widow's and the orphans amen and and mission i was teaching uh this morning in our missiology class about this that that um it's a part of what god commands out of the new testament church is that we are an outreaching church an outgrowing church always continuously reaching out and so kingdom is mentioned at the onset of the new testament part part in the first uh Parts of christ's ministry he launches into kingdom verbiage he's talking about kingdom now i'm saying that to say that you are a part of a kingdom okay you're a part of a kingdom we're part of the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of christ that's what we're a part of you know you you know i thank god for the building but we're not a part of a building we're a part of the church and the church is the kingdom it is the kingdom of the lord jesus christ oftentimes we forget and we think because we got three initials tattooed somewhere near our name, UPCI, that we're just part uh, of of an organization, and we're not. We, we're a part of, but it's not the totality of. It, it's just that in part, and and but the kingdom of God is grander than that. It, it's this, it, and it's not a kingdom that can be quantified numerically. It, it, it's an unquantifiable kingdom. Its value goes far beyond all the possessions of its members, its values is inquantifiable, it's immeasurable. You, you, can't, you cannot even begin to measure the, the power and the wealth and the influence of the kingdom of God. It, it, it's greater than anything man can comprehend because it's been a continuum of what Christ established as the kingdom of God. Amen. And he came preaching, "The kingdom of heaven is likened to..." The kingdom of heaven is likened to... The kingdom of heaven is likened to... And I thank God for this blessed and wonderful nation we're part uh, uh, blessed to be a part of. And, and believe me, we are blessed to be a part of this nation. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to the church, it's not red, white, and blue, stars and stripes. It's the bloodstained banner of Calvary that's lifted above us, and it's the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom. god you say well what's the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of god well i don't got time to get into it tonight that it was a good question but i'll briefly say it like this the only difference between the kingdom of god and kingdom of heaven is the time and place of which it happens but they're basically synonymous with one another amen matthew 5 begins uh with the sermon on the mount everybody knows about the sermon on the mount like moses's exodus a multitude followed jesus you see, the, you see the, the, the typology here. It's very important to notice. A multitude of people followed Moses in the wilderness. Moses went up to a mountain. A, a crowd followed Jesus. The multitudes followed him to the mountain. And on the mountain, Jesus taught. Moses went up on the mountain, and he gave ten commandments from God. Moses uh, Jesus uh, goes to the mountain. The thousands follow him. And he gives nine commandments. Can let, let that sit for a little bit. Moses gives k- ten can commandments. Jesus gives nine can commandments. Good luck with that one, brother Roberto. I can hear him laughing. Amen. Uh, gives gives Moses gives uh, ten commandments of the do's and don'ts. Jesus. Gives nine beatitudes. And they begin with kingdom. As the poor in spirit are said to have the kingdom. And let's be clear what the poor in spirit is. It doesn't mean people that walk around, you know, with their bottom lip dragging underneath the tip of their shoes. You know, people that that are saved and mad about it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about those that are humble, amen. And and remember that that uh, I was just reading, uh, I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, humility is not thinking less of oneself, but thinking of oneself less. I, I wish I'd have come up with that. I shouldn't even have said it, C.S. Lewis said I should have said, I was in prayer the other day. <laughs> Humility is, is not thinking less of oneself, but thinking of oneself less. Amen. And see the, uh, I believe it was the uh, 2020 or maybe last year's Connect Group where we talked about uh, self-love, where love begins by forgiving yourself and loving yourself. And that is not to say that you love oneself as in pride, but someone who hates themselves cannot have the love of god in them because hating oneself is not humility right that's severity of the flesh paul wrote against that in colossians he said he said beware of those people that are constantly holding you to rules that god has fulfilled through christ feasts new moons don't touch don't eat y'all read that part right and he said for all of this they, they teach angel worship you know, all this Basically, he's saying all this, you know, kooky, hocus-pocus stuff going on out there. He said, no, 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 don't follow that. He said, and they teach severity of the flesh because it seems the harder one can be upon themselves that they feel that maybe the harder you are on your flesh, the closer you could be to God, which is, uh, which is, uh, uh, that's a very tough way to try to live for God or live anyway is, is you know, with this, masochist view of if i punish myself that god will somehow accept me more this is very prominent in the catholic church for hundreds of years to where when they would pay penance they would take whips and they would beat themselves they would cut themselves to show god how sorry they were for their sins Uh, because some you know weird guy wearing pajamas who won't get married told them how to do that. I just say, I just say, y'all think it, I'm going to say it, right? Amen. Now, Jesus talks about, did not, Jesus did not come out on, on, on the mount and say, thou shalt not. Jesus came out and said, rather, blessed are. So it wasn't that in the kingdom of Christ, in the kingdom of God in the New Testament, there are not any thou shalt nots, but he was turning the tide of an understanding toward God that God is only about the do nots. And, and Jesus said, it's about blessed are. Blessed are. Blessed are. Amen. Fear is a great motivator, but, but it don't always last, right? You know, fear is a great motivator, but it don't always, remember your parents would tell you stuff, if you don't do this. And then you grow up you think, Man, it's not gonna happen. Remember, they told you if you crossed your eyes, they'd get stuck. Don't make that face. Don't make that face. Your face is going to get stuck like that. Did you tell your girls that? <laughs> there is an altar. <laughs> oh, come to the altar. <laughs> uh, yeah, they would tell, your face will get stuck. Your eyes are going to get stuck like that. Well, you know, you, you, you soon find out <laughs> don't. But it motivates you. You know, you're kind of in the mirror at, night before you go to bed you you go and it didn't stick you're like oh okay good that's great so in other words Jesus was saying you know fear is a great motivator but let me motivate you with life rather than death let let me show you the blessedness of the kingdom rather than the treachery constantly of man I I want to live for God and his blessing I I don't you know there's times Jude said some say with fear pull them out of the fire Amen, but, but, you know, th- and there's times for that, and, th- you know, that happens r- not too long ago. We're not afraid to preach about hell. We're not afraid, afraid to preach about hell. We'll do it biblically, and, and it'll melt rubber off tennis shoes, and, and it's right, from t- but that, a steady diet of that is not, is not good. You, you need to be motivated by something else than your fear of hell. I'm motivated by my love of God. Amen. And so Jesus says, uh, let, let me tell you the blessed ours, amen. Uh, thou, thou shalt not put uh, shalt not puts burdens on our shoulders. The thou shalt not says, you got to do it. It focuses on you doing. But the blessed ours focuses on us becoming and us being. We are a certain type of person or not. It's just a fact. So we, if we are not focused upon doing but being what does this say if we're focused on doing instead of being what it says is is i think i can earn my way into god's favor rather than becoming like him and knowing that he loves me and he's patient with me amen now it seems like you always got to throw out both sides he's loving he's patient but the bible says that uh, the spirit of god will not always strive with man and so there's there's a time god gets tired of foolishness right the Bible says he chasteneth those whom he loveth. Amen. But it doesn't mean he's running around the house, you know, with a clothes hanger trying to whip you. If you had a good parent, they did chase you at least once with something in their hand gonna whip you. Amen. And I had a red headed Irish mother, boy, she, whatever she got her hands on. It didn't matter to her. Switch, belt, hanger, extension cord, spatula, it all worked the same. Amen. I wanted, I didn't have that song. Boy, I wish Fred Hammond would have sang it because I'd have been singing it. No weapon formed against me. Shout, It works, mama. It works. Moses, through the law of God, to the children of Israel, is focusing upon what you can do on the outside. Solely what you can do to find favor with God or to stay in God's good graces through the, through the do's and don'ts. But Jesus, he comes in and he says, we don't neglect these things. However, we are fulfilled now in these things. And he concentrates upon the status of one's heart. Doesn't mean, we, well, he knows my heart so I can just do anything I want, look any way I want. No, that's, you can't go down that road either. There's got to be a balance. That happens here, Amen. I I'm not going to do this continually because if you walk out of here and say, "Well, Pastor said God focuses on the heart," you know, I guess I can, you know, look, do whatever I want to do. Nah, that's not what I'm saying. Take it, take it in its context, okay? Uh, but, but Christ states focuses on the heart, the state of being. There is no way you can do something physically to o- obey these commandments. The the blessed are. He's talking to. The issue of the heart. When Jesus shows up on the scene, the Pharisees are completely out of control. Uh, Moses gave 10 rules. By the time Jesus shows up, uh, uh, from Moses' 10, the Pharisees build 485 upon that 10. Moses said, do these 10 things. By the time Jesus shows up, they now have 485 things equal to the 10. 10. Now, I don't got time to get into this, but if you will bear with me for just a couple minutes, I'll tell you just a few of them. They had laws, laws upon which type of parchment you could write with which type of ink and feather of which bird based upon which day, which moon, which which feast or month. And if you wrote with the wrong one, you, you, you know, your soul would be damned. But... For the low price of nineteen ninety nine, boy, doesn't it sound like a TBN infomercial? Just give, give, give an offering at the temple, and we can do away with it. So they were making up rules to enrich themselves. That's why Paul said, "Watch out for those who, for filthy lucre's sake, would distort and pervert the gospel." meant Because he was a Pharisee, he knew how that went. They made eight hundred. Excuse me, four hundred in 85 laws tacked on to moses original 10. uh when jesus shows up speaking about the heart he's i'm telling you what we read that and go oh that isn't that cool what jesus said you know blessed are those blessed we don't live in the time of the pharisees but i want to tell you something brothers it was rough them suckers were evil and i'm being nice I wish I could use some old King James Version language about them and not offend you. They were raunchy, evil people. They were incredibly racist and bigoted to the point they thought only Jewish people had souls. Everybody else was basically a monkey. So when Jesus shows up and he says, you you have heard Moses say, you have heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. And everybody goes, yeah, we know that. He goes, but I say, if you look after a woman in your heart, to he said woman, woman in general, meaning female, because there really is two genders, female. Not man that thinks he is, you know, not somebody wrapped in the, the 1922 Nazi flags of all the colors and shapes they put on it. If you look at a woman in your heart to lust, you have committed adultery. The Pharisees freaked out. They couldn't handle that. I'm going to tell you why. Because they had found an exemption. They thought that only Jewish people had souls. So that Jewish people were really only true humans. So if they went outside their marriage with the non-Jewish, well, it couldn't be adultery because they're not even a real person. Some of y'all are like, why, why don't you just read the story about Jesus and the woman at the well? Why she was so shocked he would ask her to serve him. That blew her mind. It wasn't when Jesus said, I will serve you. When he asked, in her opinion, a dog like me. Matter of fact, Jesus said that to one woman. Come up once, her child delivered of a devil. He said, is it meat? To, to give dogs what belongs to the children I mean there was an incredible disparity of the races and it, it blew the Syrophoenician woman's mind the woman of Samaria at the well she couldn't believe it what do you mean you're going to let me serve you wow this is incredible because they were, they were, they were half Jewish they only had a, you know, a little bit of Jewish in their bloodline and as they were considered half breeds they were looked way down upon by the Jewish people and, and so the Pharisees would find themselves running into Samaria on Friday nights if you catch my drift because they didn't feel it broke the law because after all, they're not, they're not, they're not even really human. So when Jesus comes and he starts teaching the law within, it starts messing up their, their little religious racket they've got going on. He said, you've heard it said, thou shalt not kill. But I tell you, if you have hatred in your heart towards your brother, you have already committed murder. Well, that was revolutionary because the Pharisees hated everybody. I mean, they hated everybody. So Jesus was coming around. You had the Ten Commandments. In some ways, it would have been a lot easier to serve God with the Ten Commandments because it's clear cut. There it is. Doesn't matter what the inside is like, you can hate somebody, you can, you know know what, just long as it's here, as long as you do these 10 things right. Jesus comes in and says, not only is it that, because he didn't say do away with it, he said, not only is it that, but it's deeper than that, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, it's not of this world, it's not meat and drink, it's not something tangible, it's intangible, it starts in the hearts of men, amen. Exodus, as we move on, now Jesus preached about the kingdom of uh, of heaven a lot. The Exodus referred to old Israel, but this new Exodus and kingdom of God deals with new Israel. That is the church. That's why we would be foolish to take the Old Testament and remove it from our doctrine in the church because the New Testament is is the schoolmaster, Paul said, through which we get our understanding. That's why these new religions and new veins of uh, so-called Christianity that that pervert Scripture in the New Testament and never bounce it or balance it off the Old Testament is heresy and it's false doctrine because the Word of God is going to complement itself. It's always going to complement, not contradict, it'll complement itself. You know, uh, when when you, uh, I'm trying to wonder how transparent I need to be. Well, I'll say it like this. If you ever uh, end up dealing with, with uh, LDS people, Mormon people, they will come to you and, and they'll, you'll, you'll ask them, because this is where they get you. they say, well, we're Christian too. We're Christian too. That's what they are. Like, well, we're Christian too. Uh, no, you ain't. I, I, I agree more with a Muslim than I do a Mormon. The truth is, they ain't too far off from each other either. They're both evil, evil, demented, and demonically influenced. Both religions founded by an angel that spoke to a perverted man. Well, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's easy to expose. An angel appears to Muhammad, and then he appears, this angel Moroni, or... I think the literal translation is moroni. It shows up <laughs> to a teenage pervert. So you got a middle-aged pervert in the desert and you got a teenage pervert in New York. Amen. I could be nice about it, but it's just us tonight. Believe me, I, I've got so many notes and, and Bishop uh, Wright. Uh, Bishop Chester Wright's been on me. You need to write that book on, on, on the LDS and their, their doctrine. I've studied it and studied, studied Islam. I can tell you, it's two of the most perverted religions. On man, know this. Most false doctrine is based on sexual immorality. Because spiritual perversion and physical perversion go, they just go hand in hand. They just walk like this. So an angel shows up and he talks to Muhammad. And, you know, supposedly, and, and it, it literally could have happened because Paul said it might. Paul said, though I or another angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel, let them be accursed. So it's possible that an angel could have showed up. It's just, it's just a demon angel. And he shows up and he says, now, now, Muhammad, you do this. You hate, you hate God's people. <laughs> and Joseph Smith You just marry any woman you see that'll say yes. If they say yes, but Mohammed, he said you just you make them your slave and force them to be your wife. Incredibly, incredibly, a lot of similarities too. It's shockingly, shockingly similar. Amen. And um, uh, uh, matter of fact, it's you know it's it's not politically correct to say, but the vast majority of Uh, i I, want to say almost exclusively modern slavery in the world today is almost exclusively muslim i know CNN won't tell you that but it's the truth still happening today and it's i would be comfortable to say it's 99 percent muslim countries that slavery is happening today they're taking people out of north africa right now libya uh syria and they're taking them over and 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 there's they're absolute slaves like they were Four hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, so and that gospel is built on that. Uh, um, um, Islam is, is it's by the sword, it means submission, it's blood, It's terror. Islam. Uh, 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 Mormons, on the other hand, it's it's an incredible sexual, uh, sexually perverted revelation that comes through Joseph Smith. When you ask a Mormon. Th- th- well, what do you But be- We believe the Bible. We're Christian, too. Don't fall for that. <laughs> don't fall for that. And, and then, but when you get down to it, here's what they'll say. When you say, but I, I don't want to talk about the Book of Mormon that, you know, Joseph Smith, you can't make up your mind whether he translated through magic goggles because that's what the Mormon church teaches. But the actual Book of Mormon in 2 Nephi, I believe, chapter 3, and I want to say verse 18, no no verse 22 says that joseph looked into a hat while a spirit spoke to him and he translated golden tablets and nobody's ever found so they can't make up their mind how he translated it and it's another testament of jesus christ which contradicts everything in the bible and then when you say well i don't believe the book of mormon they say you know show me that in the in, in the bible well we believe the bible too but we just believe more that finally might admit we believe more in the book of Mormon because, you know, the Bible is, it's been perverted. It's corrupt. It's, it's, it's tainted. You, you can't believe it. But you can believe Joseph Smith, a known liar, a con artist. You can, you can believe him. They gave him ancient Egypt uh, uh, papers in the 1800s. He said he could translate it and translated it through his magic goggles or whatever it came out. He didn't know what he was talking about. Surprise, surprise. And so you got, you got these two extremes, both by an angel. And then, and then Joseph Smith says, well, you know, start saying to all these women who are married, but God wants you to be my wife. And God wants you to be my wife. And, and uh, you know, they all almost killed him. And it, it, it's, it's crazy stuff. But they'll say we are. And they'll, they'll, they'll take the Bible and say, you can't believe it because that has been perverted. It's, you, you can't trust the Bible, but you can trust the Book of Mormon. You can trust it. We only let white people in our temple until 1979, because if you're not white, God cursed you. That's why when I, when I, see, when I see Latinos and African-Americans or people of any uh, nation of descent of color, I just shake my head and go, why in the world? 43 years ago, you couldn't even walk in their church because you were, you were considered a demon in flesh. But you know what happened? God spoke to their prophet and said he now changed his mind. The God who never changes changed his mind. Because they misunderstood what Joseph Smith meant. (laughs) And so they had to rewrite the book of Mormon. (laughs) But you can't trust the Bible. But you can trust that. And so they discredit that. Watch out for people that will try to build their doctrine on discrediting the word of God. I, t- I took that long, scenic bypass to tell you, don't trust people that are going to bypass the Word of God. You know when those people show up on Saturday morning knocking on your house and you I, act like you're not home and you duct tape the dog's mouth shut so won't, he'll quit barking because you don't want to talk to him? You know what I'm talking about? The JWs, Jehovah's Witness, man, I, they're, they're persistent. They'll just stand there and knock until your callus is on their hand. They open the door, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Fred with Jehovah's Witness. Somebody had a wreck, but, what are we witnessing? Who? <laughs> we got some from the watchtower. Hey, how about, I, I, this usually shut them up. I, I was, you know how many times in the last 90 years your, your church prophesied the end of the world? Thank you for your time. It, 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 we, we, no, no. Tell me about the last time it happened in, night, in the 1960s when you demanded all of your followers sell the homes. And give all their money to the headquarters in New York to the watchtower organization and then when it didn't happen they didn't give them their money back they just rewrote the New Testament again watch out for people like that because they'll discredit the Bible to build you can't do that. we build upon the Word of God because we understand that there was an Old Testament Israel and we are the New Testament Israel we don't, we don't want to silence the Old Testament. We want to listen to what it says because it's our schoolmaster and it gives us revelation and understanding for not only who we are, but who we are to God and who God is to us. That makes me excited. Amen. Y'all, y'all uh, I'm on page 2 of 19, so this is probably going to be a 20-part series. But in Isaiah... So Exodus referred to the old Israel, but the new Exodus in the kingdom of God deals with the new Israel. That is the church in Isaiah uh, 49 and 3, the word of the Lord says, and said unto me, thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. God wants to be glorified in his church. Isaiah uh, 49 and 6 says, and he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. And to restore the preserved of Israel I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth Acts 13 and 47 says for so hath the Lord commanded us saying I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth the Old Testament passages that speak to Israel were interpreted by the church, by the apostles as referring to the New Testament church. So they used the prophecies of Isaiah and said, hey, they're speaking about us and not talking about the Jews in Jerusalem, but Acts Acts, uh, 13 says, it's the Gentiles that he's talking about. Now that's you and me. That's you and me. We interrupt this Bible study to bring you a rant from pastor. Watch out for people that are Jew worshipers. Nothing drives me more crazy than Jewish worship. Now let me clarify that now that I've got you offended. You're not going to see us propping up Jewish symbols of worship. I was in a conference some years ago and they they had one of our man i gotta be careful wearing a, a tallit with a little box on his head with scripture in it and he's rocking back and forth and he's praying in hebrew and he's praying the prayer for the mess the messiah to come they had the menorah and they had all that stuff and they were rocking at one of our conferences up there you know how many of how you many, how many, praying in ancient hebrew and i just i got i stood up i mean i was furious I I, I turned to uh, a minister that I was there with uh, and I said, my God, if the Apostle Paul would would walk in here right now, he'd slap that thing off that guy's head and say, what are we doing? That's borderline blasphemy. We don't go back. We don't go back under the law of Moses to try to get to Messiah. That's what they were doing in the book of Hebrews, trying to confuse confuse the Hebrew church. We don't do that. Now, I've got a tallit, I've got a dear friend. Matter of fact, uh, one of my dearest friends is the head of Jewish uh, ministries for the United Pentecostal Church. One of my dearest friends. And uh, he, he's given me ram's horns and, you know, the tallit. You know what the tallit is, right? It's the, the prayer shawl. They call them prayer shawl. I'm going to tell you, there is no more power to pray under a prayer shawl than there is under the hood of a greasy, leaking car. One's metal, one's cloth. I don't buy into all that superstition. We don't do that. Now, if, now there's times I have used, I'm uh, gonna we'll try to talk Brother Henderson into building one for me because he's a master craftsman. I would like to have a replica of the Ark of the Covenant to use, in, and I use those in the illustrations sometimes. I've used the table of showbread all as illustrations to teach off of, but we don't, we don't bring them out. I, I saw a church one time brought out a replica of the Ark of the Covenant. People were just falling out and frothing at the mouth. Like, like, you think God showed up in a box? I mean, you're a spiritual dingbat to think that God just walked in in a box. If that's true, then sew the veil back up in Jerusalem and quit preaching about Calvary. Amen. I don't believe in that stuff, and I don't care how many books they write, and they can have more degrees than a thermometer. We don't go back that direction. And if it helps... You to understand what I'm saying to make it a little more valid in 14 days, I'll say it with a blasted PhD at the end of my name. We don't get in that mess. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm I'm gonna, you know, there's times I blow a ram's horn as illustrations and things, but God doesn't move greater with the blowing of a ram's horn than He does the the blowing of a saxophone, or the blowing of your nose with a hallelujah. He moved past that into the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of God, which is in the New Testament church. That's us, and, and we got to beware of this. And I think it's neat. And, and uh, my friend from Chicago, he's going to be coming. He's going to be t- coming, uh, maybe sometime this next year, and he's going to be teaching from the from the Torah. And he's going to be teaching how God is real. He, man, he uses. Oh man, I, I love David Sagel. He's a phenomenal. He got a great church in Chicago. I think you met him at General Conference. I mean, the dude is just like, he knows it all. And He'll talk to you and he'll say, Yeah, I'm, you know, in the Jewish hakamaha, and they talk about, then they'd play the hikamaho, and they do the frakamah fra, and the this, and the maha, all this stuff. And he's talking about, and I'm just sitting there nodding along, like, Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's great stuff. And he knows all that. I mean, he goes over, he's, he goes to the Knesset, he's been, which is the uh, parliament of Israel. He's personal friends with uh, was with Ariel Sharon and, and B.B. Netanyahu, and all them, but he knows all of them. And he and I have talked about this, and he agrees with me. We carry it too far when we start trying to go back to worship that stuff. Amen. It's a cool little thing to have. I have a talit in each one of my offices. I've got a ram's horn in each one of my offices, but I don't take that talit and put it on and go, I really need to talk to God today. And if I get underneath this prayer shawl, God will hear me more than it is. You will get me a Mickey Mouse beach towel and put it on my head. It's going to do the same thing. All right? Praise God. Watch out for that. So watch out people get kooky about that kind of stuff. Try try to bring feasts back into the church. It's not right. It's not right. We're not Jewish. We're Gentile. And, and, And let me say this. I don't believe, I believe that Israel is God's people. But I don't believe he's favored them any more than he's favored me. And that's a dangerous doctrine too. You, I mean, you got, you got Christians run around. They'll go lay down in front of a tank in Israel but wouldn't get up and work a job for their family. Oh, right right right. like I mean, they'll go over there and volunteer to, you know, to catch uh, mortars with their teeth, but they won't pick up trash around their own church. That's not right. Because God, God has not forgotten Israel, but he has moved to the Gentile bride. That's us. And God's not a polygamist. I know some people are like, well, I don't know, Pastor. I always talk. You think, you think we're God's side, side chick? I'm going to tell you, we got some messed up doctrines floating around. God's going to rapture his bride, Brother Ryan, and then he's going to forget us in heaven, and he's going to go marry the Jewish people again. Are you kidding me? Where does that say in the Bible? He found himself a Gentile bride. I'm not his side chick. We are the bride of Christ. And if the Jewish people are going to be saved, thank God, they've got to be saved the same way we got saved. Repent of their sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues. That's the only way. Jesus is the only way. I mean, we can't be saved any other way. I don't know why I'm on all that stuff, but maybe you'll hit one of them quack jobs before too long, you can say, oh, my pastor just taught about that. We, we, are, the, we are the kingdom of God of the New Testament. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. I'm not going to grow kissing curls down the side of my face and wear a beanie around all the time and start learning to speak Hebrew. Like yeah, all these churches rebaptizing everybody in the name of Yeshua. Are you kidding me? Got a revelation of Yeshua. Really? I mean, does that make you more spiritual? Because you can say Yeshua. Because I found out whether it's Jesu, Jesus, Jesus, or Yahshua, the devil hates it all because he's a multilingual devil and he hates the name Jesus. Amen. Amen. Since we're English, we say the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. The Old Testament passages that speak to Israel were interpreted by the early church as referring to us, the Gentile bride. In both instances above, uh, the Levite tribe, Levi's tribe, the Levites were indicated and considered to be blessed and holy. Everybody say blessed Blessed. and holy. Holy. Amen. Brother Garza, what time did I start? I'm telling you, 30 lashes with a wet noodle, amen. (laughs) Holy means one that is consecrated to God. God's church is still supposed to be a holy church. I said, God's church is still supposed to be a holy church. Amen. That don't change with the times. God has always had a holy people, and he wants a holy people, and he's going to have a holy people. Holy means one that is separated from the rest. And in this case, amen, with the surrounding people being involved in sin, that separation to, uh, to God is one that is apart from sin. In other words, we're not just separate from the world. I mean, anybody can be separate from the world. Omnish are separate from the world. I feel sorry for them. They're separate from the world. I mean, Muslims in some sense, in their strictness of dress, are separate from the world. It's not about being separate from the world. That's not enough. You've got to be separated unto God. If you're just separate from the world, you're a cult. You're just weird. You're going to be separate from the world, but connected and separated unto God. Amen. We're we're not a cult. We're not some weird trend that started in the early 1900s at Azusa in Topeka, Kansas. That is a lie. The church has always been since the book of Acts. It's always been since the upper room when God initiated the church or the church rather was born. It had always been in the mind of God and it was born. It's always been a holy people and a separate people. Amen. It's not a denomination. It's a people. God's people's always been. Hey, holy people, I hope it's okay tonight. I know I'm throwing some heavy stuff out, but, but we're growing, and, and we ain't always going to play in the kiddie pool. Sometimes we're going to get out a little bit deeper, all right? Amen. I'm going to stretch your thinking and your understanding uh, of God. It's more than Acts 2.38 and John 3. You've got to move into the deeper things of God sometimes, amen? I don't want to hinder uh, your growth in God. You know, I don't want to have to move your mustache to put a bottle in your mouth. We're going to grow in this thing, okay? Amen. When Israel worshipped a golden calf, Levi came out from among them and stood with Moses. When when Israel was worshiping the calf, Aaron made the calf. Moses shows up. And he's like, "What's going on?" And Aaron goes, "Oh, they just threw gold at me, and there it is." I mean, I don't know. They made me do it. I hate these people. That's basically what he said. He made me. Hate I mean, you were gone so long. You know? And then Aaron steps out and he says, uh, or Levi came out and he stood with Moses. He said, you bunch of suckers out here dancing naked around a golden calf. All of y'all to die, ain't that right? Aaron's going, you know, I saw you doing the wobble too, you know. But when it came time to be separate, he separated himself. In other words, there's a time to separate. There's a time to come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I shall receive you unto me, and you shall be my people, and I shall be your God. That's found in two places in the Bible. You ready? Here comes a truth grenade. Old Testament and new. He calls his church to be separate from the world. That means we ought not look like the world, talk like the world, think like the world. That's just good old holiness preaching. And, 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 and it's inside and outside. It's both. It's not either or, it's both and. Amen. If Jesus really has you on the inside, it'll show up on the outside. And if he's got you on the outside, it'll show up on the inside. Amen. Roots don't grow outside the ground, it grows in the ground. And when the gro- roots grow and are healthy, it'll start showing up in the fruit. Amen. The Levites then separated themselves from the rest of Israel who wanted to worship the golden calf. And the Levites' staff blossomed in, t- in, 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 in indication that God chose that people to be his priest among all Israel after everyone railed on Moses saying God told them that they would all be priests no because that one group chose to separate themselves instantly God chose that group the Levites the Levitical priesthood he told them that he was going to call them out to be a priest amen what led to Korah's rebellion uh, uh, is is all that you could see rebelled against it, but but the Levitical priesthood didn't. They followed what God said. Korah said, God don't care about what I have. I know God said don't do it, but God don't mind. And and we get a revelation into the Jewish concept of thinking of God that the Jewish people at that time thought that God could not see what was buried. Because if you truly believe God could see all, you wouldn't be burying your junk. If you know he's going to see it, set it up on the fireplace mantel. You know, hang it outside your tent and say, look at all you dopes. You know, you didn't get them, but look at me. It's Christmas at my house, 365, right? No, he buried it because he didn't think God would see it. He was stunned that God saw it, but God did see it because God sees everything. Amen. Numbers chapter 16 and verse 3, and I'm going to try to land the plane on this. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, "'Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord.'" Amen. In other words, they were saying, who do you think you are? We're just as holy as you. Yeah, we dance naked around a golden calf, but hey, who doesn't from time to time? <laughs> That's what they were basically saying. Hey, we're just as holy as you. Yeah, we go to the club on Friday and Saturday night, you know, snort a little this, smoke a little of that, sip a little something, something. But we're just as holy as you people going to church on Sunday. No, you're not. You're a 2 child of hell for thinking like that. Amen. You know a person's spirit. You know they're toxic. When you start talking to them, saying, yeah, well, I, I, I know I ain't living right, but, but God knows my heart. And I'm saying, really? Really? Couldn't tell the truth standing on the Bible, holding an angel's hand, looking Jesus in the eyes, and you're just as holy as everybody else. Not to measure holiness, but it's not about who is the most holy. It's about who's closest to Jesus. Amen. It's not about getting out a ruler and a measuring tape, see who's got the longest sleeves and, and the longest skirt. It's that, that, that's not, it's, it's who really loves him because if I love him, I ain't going there and I ain't doing that. You can dance naked all night around the cab. I'm not going to because I love God. Amen. So, well. Well, y'all can't do that. Y'all can't do that. Y'all do that. Your, your pastor, your church won't let you do that. My, no, I'm gonna tell you, my church can't keep me from doing nothing, Jack. Well, you won't do it because you're UPC. You're just, like, UPC can't make me do nothing. It can't make me, die, and I love the UPC. The church can't make me do nothing. I got a small arsenal at my house. Come make me do it. can't make me do it. I do it because I love God. I want to serve God. I think I sing about this on Sunday. I choose to be a Christian. Somebody's got a gun to my head saying, be holy, be holy, be holy. It'd be easier some days if they did. You'd say, amen or oh me. There are some days it'd be a whole lot easier to feel cold metal against my temple. You better love somebody today. I mean, the guy that's going 54 into the left lane, even that one. Love him. Yes, Lord, I love you. Kumbaya, my Lord. Ooh, kumbaya. It'd be a whole lot easier sometimes. That's not how God does it. That's not how God does it. He said what's in you is going to come out of you. Amen. And It often comes out when you're the angriest. Watch what you put in you because it will come out when you're mad. So I didn't mean to say that. That wasn't me. That's exactly who you are. The real you came out. That's why you got to keep the real you crucified. Amen. Somebody said one time, Pastor, I saw you got mad and I couldn't believe you didn't cuss. And I thought I couldn't either. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there's still a whole lot of old southern redneck in me that wants to climb up sometime. But I got mad. You know what came out? Bless God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't mean it like I mean it when I'm dancing up here, but Lord, I'm giving you glory anyway. Blessed be the name of the Lord. One time we were walk, working at the church and we had bought the Vacaville building. We were up there working. And I, I, I mean, I've been running days on just four or five hours sleep and I can't remember. I did something and it really hurt. And I, pulled, I, I think I slammed a hammer right into my hand or something. I, And I jumped up off the ladder and I said, oh, bless God. (laughs) Brother in the church said, my Lord, Pastor, I know you walk with God because I'd have said a whole lot worse than that. (laughs) Amen. What's in you is going to come out of you. What's in you is going to come out of you. Make sure you're putting the right stuff in. Amen. Amen. Evidently, they resorted to God's word in Exodus 19 where he said they would be An entire kingdom of priests, every one of them. Exodus 19 and 4 through 6. Ye have seen what I did. Look how fast she is. Do you see that? I mean, just. She caught it, man. She She was there fast. It's almost like she's got ESPN, whatever they call that stuff. She had it. She's just that fast. Thank you, Brother Garza, for putting all those in the computer earlier. (laughs) You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will (laughs) obey my voice indeed, All the ifs. I'll bless you if. I'll bury you up on eagle's wings if. I'll increase you if. No, God, don't, don't stop there. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Nope. If. If you will obey my voice and keep my commandment. Uh-huh. But it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes it is tough. I remember fishing, taking Addy fishing, and we'd. not I can fish all day long, not catch a thing. That's just. We grew up in the country. We didn't have anything other to do. Just stare at the water and just hope something would come up and bite it. We didn't have game boys and cell phones and 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 computers and games. We'd just throw that line in the water. We'd just. I mean, we'd sit there eight hours. That's what we. And we had fun. I wouldn't trade it for a pound of gold. Well, I would at these prices. Yeah, I would. And <laughs> pound of gold, my Lord, we'd be building another Bible college. Hallelujah. We'd sit there and just fish. And Addie was, I've been out for about three hours. And, and bless her heart, you know, she, she I mean, she was little. And she was just throwing it out there and reeling. it in. I was like, baby, you got to leave it in there. They going to get it if you keep reeling. Just reel it in and throw it out there and reel it in. Throw it out. Now she's getting on my nerves because you're messing with my fish now. She's just throwing it out there, and really, throw it out there, really. I mean, my dad would have done, knocked me to the bottom of the bank right then. Said, don't be doing, you messing up my fish. I'm like, Addie, come on, baby, you got to leave it out there. And she's like, Daddy, now i It's boring. We don't catch anything. And I looked at her and I heard the words of my dad come out of me as, as if it was just a time where, and it just came right out of my mouth. And I said, well, well baby, that's why we call it fishing and not catching. Amen. That's why we call it living for God, not lived for God. Because we're in the process of it. It's a journey. Amen. You got to live for God. How much? Two and a half feet at a time. I'm going to put it more measurable because everybody steps different. Two and a half feet is the, uh, the average stride of man. So You got to live for God two and a half feet at a time. Amen. Sometimes it's different. Now, if you will obey my voice indeed and uh, and keep my commitment, then ye shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people. (laughs) For all the earth is mine. He says, you do all that, Jack. I'm giving you all of this because the whole earth is mine. And we got people running around. The earth is the Lord's and God's going to bless me because I'm here. And God ain't submitted not one fiber of their being to the Word of God. And then they get mad because God only blesses them, you know, during the month of April when they get that check in the mail. And God didn't bless you with that. You lied on your taxes. That's how you got the money, and that's why it didn't last long. <laughs> hey, you still got to do your taxes right. Preach, pastor. Look what the Lord blessed me with. You claim three dogs as a dependence. I mean, I still can't understand how the people that never have a job get the most money off of time. I still can't figure that out. I don't know, but I ain't never got a dime. I didn't even get the stimulus check, and I qualify. I went to the mail every day. I braved the, the dreaded disease of COVID, and I went to my mailbox, and I Hoping and I breathe and I held my breath and I looked. No treasury check for me. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little facetious now. I didn't get it anyway. But he said, for the Lord is mine, the, the, the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Wow. We're gonna be a kingdom of priests. Oh, I like that, Pastor. Where, where's my robe? When do I get fitted for my collar? Yeah, yeah not those kind. Amen. <laughs> hey, not those kind. I, I. He said, "We. We. You're gonna be." A kingdom, a priest, and a holy nation. We like that kingdom of priest stuff. Well, that's power. That's, that's woo. I get, yeah, oh, man, sit on the platform. I get a title, Reverend, Doctor, Senior, Chief, Elder, Apostle, Prophet, Bishop, Teacher, Preacher, Pastor. I get it all, make me a priest, high priest, potentate, cardinal, bishop, apostle, all of this stuff. Make it to give it to, but he, he said, and, and holy nation. Well, I'll just take half of it. No, that's not how it works. You get, it, they go together. I, I hated being the younger brother. Man, sometimes being the younger brother just stinks on ice because a lot of times we'd have to share a drink. You know, my brother would open up and go, I'm old as I get first drink. You didn't argue with my brother. I mean, he's part Sasquatch. You know, the dude's huge. Now, I didn't argue with my brother. He said, I'm the oldest. I get first pop top on that can or pop off the lid off that glass bottle. And I'm saying, Coca-Cola tastes better in a glass bottle. I don't care what y'all say. If you don't think it tastes better, you taste butter fried, and I'm talking about back before it was all this fake sugar stuff. It was the real—I mean, the kind that felt like you were swallowing cold battery acid. And he'd throw that thing, and he'd drink the last almost every stinking time. And I'd be over there shaking him, and he's elbowing me. You're going to get a half. You drink it all. He said, "My half was on the bottom." I still go to therapy over that, by the way. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But you can't have half of it. You've got to have all of it. That's try like trying to drink the bottom half of the glass of water. You get it all. If you want to be a royal priesthood, you've got to be a holy nation. But God put a stipulation on that. And said that that. If they would obey his voice and keep his commandments, they would be a particular treasure, a special entity of God. In other words, God is going to show them off. Look at him. Look at him. That's mine. Look, look at him. That's mine. I mean, you're more than a towel. But you need it. Look at him. Oh, oh, man. I mean, if this ain't worth a treasure, you know, you know, by the way, thank y'all for not bringing it up with like mustard stains on it you know, clotted up oatmeal spilt on it a month ago and black mold and maggots running. I wouldn't be, no, that, that's not, God says if it's my treasure, He's going to take care of it. He's going to bless it because it's his, it's his treasure. He's going to, he's going to show it off. Amen. I, I I like to try to keep my truck clean. I, I, I'm, I'm a little obsessed about that anyway. And, and i am got there cleaning the rims and, and I'm out there washing the armor all in it. I don't call it armor all, I guess, but you know, all of it and the, the bed and the inside of it. And I'm always shining out. I go wash my wife's car and, and y'all yeah, could pay somebody to do it, but bless God, nobody can clean my truck the way I can clean my own truck. Amen. And I'm out there. Clint. Why? Because it's my treasure. It's something I want to. I, I have pride, and I don't mean ungodly pride. I don't go around kneel down and go, "Oh, holy art thou, Dodge ram. I mean, I really like it, and and God blessed me with that truck. And I want to take care of it, right? And so when I drive around town, I, I got I got a little bit of a seventeen year old in me. I just want to slide the seat back and go, "Oh yeah, there we go. Look at this bad boy right here, hey man." And so I'll just I'll just turn up some. Uh, 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 Canton Jones every once in a while and just woo woo going down there. I'll blast some old AC, not ACDC. DC Talk. They shouldn't have had their name so close to ACDC. Not blasting ACDC. I do have it in my truck because it's a battery. But um, <laughs> my daughter found. How many remember DC Talk? Amen. Y'all remember DC Talk? Am I, am I aging myself at this point? And, and man, that blast, D.C. talking. And Addie, she, she heard Jesus Freak for the first time. And she was like, whoa, this is awesome. And she's over there, oh, i don't really care." It? Yeah, it's cranking it up. You're like, I don't know, that music doesn't sound guardly. Well, sometimes I'm just a lowly, willow, weary pilgrim and I'm miserable in this world. Sometimes I just need to bang my head and go, yeah, God's good. my truck's got a good sound system it's I take care of it I think four people have driven my truck I'm pretty particular about that I, I like it God says you're my treasure and I'm gonna show you off because the whole earth is mine and I'm closing this brother Lucas if you come when, when God when God instituted the continuum of holiness in His church and this is where I'll pick up in three weeks (laughs) and you won't remember I'm just kidding when God instituted holiness in His church both within and without Brother Avery wasn't because God was mean and said well I'm going to torture these people I'm going to tell them they have to shop at different places you know you're gonna to have to dig through the rack to find something modest. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't get pleasure out of that. He said, I'm gonna make you holy. I want you to be holy because I'm holy. That means you're separate. That means you're chosen. Hey man, so, something, something that's mine. I want to cover you with my with my favor and my blessing. Let me close with this illustration because I love food so much. My wife went to Apple Hill a few years ago, and I said, you know, she said, you want to go to Apple Hill? And I went, I was mowing, I went, oh, yeah, I don't think i make it. I mean, it's a thing, but it, it's a thing, but it ain't my thing, you know. I can only see so many quilts, you know. And are you with me on that, right? It's like 30 minutes of it, I'm like, and they're like, there is so much more to see. And it's like, please, God, no. I love you, but we're really stretching the bonds of that whole death till us part thing, you know. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. I'm not going back on it. I mean, Apple Hill's kind of like God, it changes not, right? I mean, it's like every other booth. They got great apple cider, but what they have is apple fritters. Oh, hallelujah. I, really, I felt it right there. I felt that shiver of anointing right there. And I told my wife, I said, Give me an apple fritter my back hurts so bad. And she brought it home. You know what they did? That's what they do. When she looked at that apple fritter, and I know this because I have bought an apple fritter a time or two in my life. You look into that case and you say, and I told my wife, be selective now. Don't just let them grab the first thing they see. Some fritters are not created equal. If you see it's dry on one part, that means it didn't get the glaze of glory all over it. You, you gotta, I want the one that's basking in the glory of the glaze of the everlasting diabetes, amen. And so here's what they do. You say, so I go to Krispy Kreme, same thing, man. They're running them donuts under that glory glaze. I'm not just let them start picking them out. I, say, I, I want that one, that one not, not that one there. That one, that one. And you point the, ca- you, you look at that, that uh, glass case. I promise you, I promise you this is a spiritual application. The Lord said, all the fat belongs to me. I just try to be his, amen. And so, <laughs> ain't one scripture refers to skinny as blessed, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yo, anorexic demon, amen. I I used to battle anorexia, but I whooped that thing a long time ago. <laughs> I ate it and the cousin, amen. But you pick out the one you want, and what they'll do is they'll they'll cover it. You know, talking about that wax paper. They'll cover it and then they'll pick it up. Why? There, I don't want nobody else touching my apple fritter. That's my apple fritter. You go putting your nappy paws on my apple fritter, I ain't going to eat it. You're going to give me my money back. Say, cover it up. Then then what do they do with it? They place it in a bag. Say, here's your apple fritter. May you die in a sugar coma. (laughs) But, But what do they do? Once it's chosen, what do they do with it? Listen to me, young people. Listen to me, saints of God. Nobody with good sense walks down the middle of the boulevard holding up their donut and apple fritter going, look at this. <laughs> Breathe on it. How hey, you like that thing? Look at it. Yeah, yeah, they got a booger hanging out of their nose. Man, they love to smell this. Touch it. Isn't that the fluffiest donut you ever had? They're just touch it a little bit. Nobody with three brain cells to rub together would run around and start doing that. Ooh, smell it, smell it. Uh, uh. Why? Because it's yours. It's yours. Sometimes my wife would really want to smell it. I smell my food. I'm taking the taste away from my food. I'm smelling my food. Y'all you know what I'm talking about. Don't come and smell my food. My, you take the taste off my food by smelling of it. But don't even look at it too long. You're ruining it for me. (laughs) Quit coveting my food. I don't want you to go to hell for lusting after my food. Man. Because it's yours. Is God not better than the lady at Krispy Kreme? That when he says something belongs to me, I'm gonna cover it, not with just my love and my mercy and my compassion and my grace and my favor. But once he identifies something, he separates it from the rest, he says, it's mine. When we, when we teach holiness, and I'll get more into it in this series, when we teach holiness, when we teach it as modesty and a covering, we're not doing that because we're, oh man, this church, it's not this church, it's that book because He says, you're mine. And if something ain't for sale, don't advertise it. Amen. I mean, even denominational churches used to have standards. I was talking with Addison about this today. We saw something, <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. And I said, you know, there was a day when that was just unacceptable everywhere. But now it's, they'll put it on platforms now. I'm going to tell you, we're God's chosen people. And when he chose us, he said, I'm going to make you, <laughs> I'm going to make you my showpiece. I'm going to make you my particular treasure. I'm going to cover you, and I'm going to expect you to do the same. You don't belong in the world. Right? You don't belong to the I am now going to take the branch and I'm going to reconnect it to the vine. The people that were once cut off, I'm going to take them and connect them to be a, hey, well, I'm, I'm ruining the next part of this, but I'm going to, I'm going to take them to be a, a holy people. A royal priesthood, a chosen generation that should show forth the praises of him who had brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. With me tonight, and so it is that God has chosen you. God allows us to partner with Him in this royal priesthood. We're Levites, I'll get into that more in a few weeks. Hopefully, you're writing it down on your calendar. Bless God. I'm not missing financial freedom, but I'm definitely coming back to part two of this. Because it's more than the do's and the don'ts. No, no. no it's the blessed R. It's not just the thou shalt and the thou shalt not. It's the blessed R. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the blessed R. Blessed R. Blessed R. He said, I'm going to make you my particular treasure. Above all people, I'm going to tell you something. You're the most beautiful people in Woodland. I, I, I say that with plenty of biblical bias. You know why? You want to know why? Because you belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord, and I'm blown to this world. And because I don't belong to this world, it's not the "thou shalt not" that keeps me out of the club. It's the blessed R that makes me walk away from that and say, no, I don't want that because I'm his particular treasure. He's favored me highly above all the earth. Would you, would you just join me here for a moment in the altar? We're not gonna be labor long. I, 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 I taught a little long. If you'll join me here in the altar for just a moment. But he said, all of this is gonna be given this covenant to a particular treasure, a particular people, that they will obey his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not hear. I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord Jesus now and say, God, help me to be sensitive to your voice. I, I, I want to be your particular treasure in this world. I, I want, oh Lord, to be blessed above all people for the earth, the whole earth is yours and the fullness thereof. Lord, I pray over this treasure of people here tonight. I pray over this treasure of people here tonight and all of those watching at home tonight. I pray, Lord, you would strengthen their walk with you, God. Lord, to not just walk with you because they're afraid of eternal damnation, but walk with you because they are blessed to be a particular treasure on the earth, and God. You have favored us with salvation. You have blessed us with mercy and grace and kindness, oh God. Lord, I pray that they not see themselves. We not see ourselves through the lens of the world, through cynicism and carnality and sin. Lord, we not see ourselves as the world would see us as outcast and, and strange. But Lord, see ourselves in the reflection.